Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, Sethin! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham and joining me as always, he wanted to suggest a seventh Pirelli compound called the C-1. But uh, he had to settle for six because he's a fucking arsehole. <laughs> I don't know. It's Luke Holmes. Hi. Hi. How are doing, Graham? <laughs> Better. I don't, I don't know what that was. but No, neither sure. do I. Yeah, you sort of committed to it halfway through and then was like, oh, shit, what do I say? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But that's that's Pirelli all over, Graham. So it's right. basically the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... How's life? Uh, yeah, better than last week, I want to say. I, I'm still mm. restricted to being indoors, but I feel... I don't feel like there's five million spikes in my throat, unlike last week. There is a solution to that. I'm not going to say it on air, though. Is it the solution why I, I, I perhaps text you last week? It is, it is. <laughs> I'm going to say no to that, and no one will ever know the context of, any, of it anymore. That's my best way, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, season's over. That's it. Uh, racing is I'm finished sad. for 2022, essentially. Uh, F2 finished up in pretty unspectacular fashion. It was okay, As I guess. We yeah, I mean, this feature race was fine. Um, nothing spectacular. And uh, F1 obviously finished with a back-to-back in Abu Dhabi. So, like, that's it. Like, that's... It's it's weird. Like, what do we do from here in many ways? Well, we've got plenty of ideas what we do from here, but it's... We've also got plenty of money, Graham. We've got plenty of money, yeah. So... Off-season budget will be strong. Good development will be strong for this podcast next year. Well, yeah, I would. I would like to hope so. My salary will be going up. I imagine. Yes, <laughs> Christmas bonus. Yeah. Well, you want to have this talk here, or it goes from zero to zero. Yeah. Yes. Right. But yeah, like it's always a weird feeling, isn't it, when the season is is over? I do you know what I like. I know people have their problems with the Abu Dhabi race, but I think it's I like it for a season finale. It's kind of like that. It's that dark. It's that dusk to darkness kind of thing. In the same way that Australia has the you know the beginning of school vibe when the season starts, it's right in Australia. I feel like in so in many ways it's right in Abu Dhabi in some ways. I agree. I agree. I'm not a fan of it personally, but I, I don't I know what you're trying what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, I do like it a lot more now that the track has changed. About it. it does seem to be a lot better and a lot more flowing, and obviously the new cars have helped and what have you, as we saw in the actual race itself. But I, I'm very sad that there's no racing for a hundred something days. Very, it's going to be a very long winter. Yeah, I mean we said that last year as well. And it wasn't that. It didn't seem that long. Flown. This year has flown by, Graham. I'm it really has. Really surprised. It is December in just over two weeks. Mm. Oh, just under two weeks, sorry. 22 races I mean, have, uh, have come and gone. Yeah, and now it's World Cup season. Yay. Right, before before we go into something mm, deep, please, just to, to shoot a name for the World Cup, just a prediction. Oh, uh, Brazil. Well. Yeah, I'm going to go Argentina. Oh, okay. Just so something we can look, look back on. Sure, we, got, we love our yeah, predictions here. Uh, yeah. The Benzema injury really hurts. Yeah, it does. That was rough. I was looking forward to uh, a Benzema, a Benzema comeback. Yeah, so was late I. in the tournament, but oh well. Uh, speaking of comebacks, yeah, what a segue you had there. Uh, I, I did decide it all for you, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, Haas announced during the week, in no real surprise, in the end, that Nico Hulkenberg is going to replace Mick Schumacher for 2023, marking Hulkenberg's comeback. Uh, did you see the Instagram post he put of um, the super sub Hulkenberg meme kind of thing? Like I did not. Things that he uh, subbed in for. 
it was quite it was quite funny. Uh, of course, now that I've mentioned it, I can't remember a single thing on the post, but I remember I remember laughing at it a little bit. So, but <laughs> super sub no more. He is uh, he is back and. Look, I understand why Haas have done it. I th- I do think it's harsh on on Mick, but just we'll just we'll talk about Hulkenberg's side of things first before we go on to Schumacher's side of things. Uh, obviously, Hulkenberg's been obviously kept in reserve these last eh, we'll say three years. Three years? Yeah. Uh, didn't do much last year really, but twenty twenty had a few sub appearances. Uh, of course, it's easy to forget that he started the season twenty twenty two season for for Vettel, uh, a qualified stroll, of course, famously in was it Jeddah. Or was it Bahrain? Bahrain. He was. He was pants and Jeddah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, with the way of course having actually driven the twenty twenty two cars in any shape or form beforehand, he so had ten hours of sim time. Yeah, that was it before going into. We basically got chucked in the de- deepest of ends, pretty much. Obviously, he was a he was a perfectly capable and you know he was he was unceremoniously kind of dispatched from F one back you know at the end of twenty nineteen season. So. You could argue there's some unfinished business for him. He's 35 years old now. But what, what's your take on, I guess... I mean, we've had opinions on this, of course, throughout the season as, it, as the names come up. But what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on Hulkenberg making a, an official comeback now? It's come at great cost, I, I think. I think it was always going to happen as soon as it got to the halfway point of the season and the Haas and Mick Schumacher relationship sort of deteriorated down to absolutely nothing unless he did something amazing and scored points in every single race from there till the end of the season, he was losing that seat regardless. But in terms of Haas moving forward, a driver pairing that has got experience and can actually work together and push each other, which I think was the point that they were making when they sort of announced it, that uh, Gunther, I believe, said that uh, Nico will push Kevin to be even quicker than what he is now. So that's only a good thing for Haas. Bringing a con- they brought in a consistent point scorer, someone who's just there all the time when they need him to be. So, from from a racing standpoint and a team standpoint, it's it's the right decision. It's, I'm 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 on the same side of I like Orkenberg and I like Mick, and I, I can understand both sides. I understand why they've done it, but I'm also a little disappointed. But it's probably the best for everyone. I think. I think it's the best thing for Haas in their short term to try and bounce back a little bit. Uh, they clearly yeah. prioritise experience, as what Gunter Steiner said, uh, said via race fans with a, his piece from Willwood and Claire Cottingham. Steiner said, we needed to, the experience to bring the team forward. I don't want to say the driver wasn't ready for the future. The team also needs to be a lot better for the future to get better. I'm not blaming it on Mick that we, we, uh, we are where we are. In 2018, we made good progress the first years. Then we stagnated in 19 and in 20, we went down. So we need to go forward again. And that's and that's best with experienced people and drivers, which have done this before, which can bring experiences into our team, which they have made in other teams. And that, that's a quote from Steiner. And I, I would immediately cite uh, Hulkenberg helping Renault to where, you know, mm-hmm. on their journey. They, they, you know, they were minnows in 2016. And seventeen Hulkenberg helped them put put them back on the map, and that led to the science thing, and then the science Hulkenberg lineup then led up to the Hulkenberg Ricardo lineup, and the Ricardo lineup became the Ricardo Ocon, and Ricardo Ocon became Ocon Alonso, which is where it is now, and a little bit downhill, of course, now with uh, Ocon and and uh, Gasly. But it that their trajectory started with Hulkenberg, so I you know there is there's 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 precedent here for Hulkenberg helping guide teams up the grid a little bit now obviously the difference you, the immediate difference you'd have to say is that he's Hulkenberg's 35 now compared to when 
yeah, we you know 2017 was a while ago at this stage yeah it definitely was but like you said it's it's i think it's the right person at the right time to take the team forward and it can only be a good thing and i assume this is a multi-year deal i've not seen it said anywhere mm. so i assume it's two years which i assume then again assume will lead hulkenberg into permanent retirement from racing oh well you never know but he could sign another deal because Haas will probably extend him till he's fifty. But <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's tough. It really is tough for me to see. But like I said, I think it's best that everybody moved on, regardless of how I feel about it all. There's also been some conversations throughout the weekend about Ricardo's role next year, and it seemed as though Haas kind of got a little bit cold feet on him initially as well. But I feel like if Ricardo really wanted the drive. I feel like he could yeah. have made himself because that was the one thing that Hulkenberg Steiner talked about Hulkenberg like constant Hulkenberg constantly calling him making his interest known about it constantly on the phone uh, asking Gunter about it so Hulkenberg made his interest very much known Ricardo obviously has talked about how he doesn't just doesn't want to race next year yeah I don't think he's yeah he was ready for a break yeah so it's, so Ricardo says no he wasn't not that, not that he wasn't interested in the Hassie he was very interested but just he would have said. I think he would have said no to most teams, really. Yeah, unless it was a top three team, he's saying no. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing. And then linking into that, basically, it was confirmed that he's going to be Red Bull's reserve slash brand ambassador. Is what I've I've read mm. that um, Christian basically confirmed to therefore media pretty much. It's not nothing official yet, but. He basically said it's almost right. Like. Yeah, so Helmut Marco is the one that jumped the gun here. And, he did. Yeah, uh, Horner had to address it then afterwards. Yeah. So, so nothing's been signed yet. Yeah, nothing signed, but I would say ninety percent. It, it's it's come a long way since Austin, shall we say, when we first sort mm. of swiveled around from Mercedes for Ricardo to uh, this Red Bull rumor that sort of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, so the, Ricardo said it firstly about the Haas thing. He said, I, I don't want to race next year. That's the truth. I don't want to race next year. So that's why not them. It's not that I wasn't interested. I was very, very interested. I knew that I wanted some time off next year from a race season, just from competition. Uh, it's obviously been pretty tiring, I guess, the last couple of years and the struggles and all that. Uh, so with Red Bull, he said, there's something with probably a little bit of familiarity, which swayed me a little bit towards Red Bull. I've obviously been jumping around a bit the last few years, so maybe going back to some, something familiar may, might be a little, I don't want to say easier. It's not easy, but in a way, perhaps a little easier. Yeah. Makes uh, sense. And Horner was uh, made the point that he's not going to be putting Checo under pressure for a race siege for apparently the end of 24. I didn't realize that Checo extension actually took, took him to the end of the 24 season. Yeah. I think that makes sense, though, because I think Red Bull are looking at it from the point of it's going to be two years before any of the juniors are ready, at least. At least, if not more. So, Checo to 24 is perfectly fine, I think. Yeah, and, and on, the, on Motorsport.com, Luke Smith said about the Ricardo, uh, no, Daniel's contract is very specific for a specific reason. We have a contract with Checo for the next two years. What the partnership of Max and Checo has produced has been phenomenal for us. And the 5-1-2 finishes so far this season, the Constructors' Championship that we haven't won for eight years, is a phenomenal achievement. And obviously, the combination of both drivers points contribution. Two drivers, they do have a good relationship. They've raced well for the team. We've got no reason to see that being any different tomorrow or for the duration of the contractual commitment to the team thereafter. Yeah. What he did say about Ricardo was um, 
was to have a driver of Daniel's profile and history with the team within the group is only an asset to us. Uh, it means that he'll keep, he keeps he keeps in touch with F1 and we'll obviously be using him in the simulator as well. And he did, Horner did mention that, you know, he would be doing something like all the demo runs and such as well. So it doesn't look like he's going to have the full, uh, like, you know, the full third driver commitment you know, that he's at every race. No, I think it'll be split between him and Lawson. He'll be around, yeah. Yeah, because obviously Lawson's going to be doing Super Formula and then obviously Daniel will be doing simulator work so much of the time. So whenever it sort of suits, I guess, sort of split roles, like uh, Stoffer Van Dorn and uh, Nick DeVries have done this mm. season for Mercedes. Makes Who, sense there, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it also leaves Mercedes still a, a, one, that, that role of theirs to fill as well because obviously they've... Van Dorn's moving on, uh, obviously, De Vries. They moved on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've both gone, basically. De Vries is in the Alvatari on Tuesday. Yeah, essentially. So they still have a, a role to fill. It it seems like it's going to be Mick Schumacher. That's what it, it feels like. It's just the most, it's the easy option, isn't it? It's the option that makes most sense. A German driver and a German team. He's there. He's got recent experience. He can drop straight into the car if there's any issues with any of the two main drivers, which it just makes sense. And I'm sure... Toto has said is it'd be a shame for him to drop out of the sport completely. So, me, moving up the grid is only a good thing, I think. Which is why I said it was the best move for him to leave us. Because yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that later. Yeah, uh, what, what we'll have to say here from uh, this is I'm reading from RaceFans.net with Willwood and Claire Cottingham again. Uh, he said Mick is someone that has always been close to our heart because of Michael or the whole of Schumacher, the whole Schumacher family. Ralph was in the DTM for a long time for us. His son races Mercedes and GTs. He's an intelligent, well-mannered young man. He's been very successful in junior formulas. We believe that we can look after him if the situation were to happen. Um, yeah. And Wolf said that talks are at an early stage. We haven't really come up with anywhere close to any terms. Uh, I'm saying that, it, that openly because I think he just fits and now we need to make it happen if he wants to. If Sabine... Uh, referring to Sabine Kem, Schumacher's representative, wants to, and we see where it goes. Uh, the reason why this is opening up because there's no real room at uh, there's no real room at Ferrari for uh, for Mick in that role because they basically give that to Schwartzman. Uh, so yeah. this is what Benotto had to say about it. Uh, Merck, Mick first is a good driver. I think he has always progressed through his career, and I think he is. Uh, I think he has as well progressed during the current season. If you look back how he started and where he's ending, I think he's shown that he's capable of progressing. We, as Ferrari and the Ferrari Driver Academy, believe he is a great driver now. After half, so decide a different choice for the next season. We need to sit down with Mick and we try to decide what's best for his future. I think the question really is what would be best for him. We do not have any seat to offer him right now. I think that's most important when you are so young in your career to make sure that whatever the best opportunity is for you, you get it. So we would be fully open to different choices, but something that obviously now we need to sit down and to conclude. And they were, they made, I think it was, you know, reported earlier in the year that was, you know, that was likely moving towards Mick making the exit from the Ferrari program anyways and this this Mercedes opportunity would definitely be the best interest in his career yeah like I like I said is for me is the move that makes the most sense for everyone he's the, the like I said there's just no room at Ferrari Ferrari got other priorities with Schwarzman already being in the reserve seat Giovinazzi is still there somehow um, and obviously Oliver Behrman's coming through yeah. he's the next sort of big thing for Ferrari so their attention will be switching to him and uh, make it sort of an afterthought, I think, at this point. They 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 did what the Academy's there to do, really, yeah. just to get, get him into Formula 1. So, and he was the one Ferrari driver out of the 
four at the time that got the opportunity to be in Formula One. Obviously, I'm not going to put a lazy into that conversation <laughs> because, yeah. Right. So obviously, you're referring to uh, Robert Schwartzman, Callum Eilat, and technically Marcus Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah, but Armstrong and Lazy were never really in that conversation. No. But yeah, that, that's what I was saying. So, so what about... Sad, yeah, so let's let's talk about Mick Schumacher a little bit here now because I, I do think it's harsh because, you know, his rookie season was spent mostly fighting Nikita Mazepin and he, you know, a little bit towards the end of the season he was being able to mix it up with Latifi and Giovinazzi on occasion as well and towards the end of the season... So he really was kind of thrown into the fire this 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 year, and we we did say at the start like this we would find out a lot about Mick Schumacher. Um, we did. We did, sadly, um, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like we, I, we didn't get to see enough of him at the at the right points. I thought. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we saw a driver that pushed too hard at times, and that had very damaging effects. And then consequently, yeah. at times we saw a driver that didn't really push, seemed to push enough after that. Yeah. I think he would have saved himself if there was a consistent middle ground. Yeah. Too many peaks and valleys. If there wasn't any of this... He he expects crashes from this kind of move of cars in general. It's a completely new generation of cars. They've got to explore the limits. He's technically... It's only his second season. He's got a point to prove. He was out of contract. It was always going to be a mixed match kind of season. And it was very, like you say up and down and yeah a lot of the time I, I will I will give him some form of back in and say he did get screwed quite a few times from the team but at the same time when the opportunities were there he didn't really grasp them when he could have and yeah the nail was in the coffin obviously Brazil and the constant crashes Japan was probably was the <laughs> The final nail. Yeah, that wasn't great. And even even playing. to finish the season, he whacked into the back of the Tifi uh, clumsily on different on that much fresher mediums. Where the Tifi's dying hard. So to be fair, I think he was probably sick of his shit. Which was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> care. You're you're going round. You're going into the wall. Well, he didn't care when uh, his, his real didn't care moment was the donuts he did afterwards. And then he was told to stop. <laughs> no, Mick. No. Uh yeah, was... it's, it's just embarrassing. Like, like I said, that I, was I don't, I, I don't think this was this was the right environment for Mick to thrive. And I, I sent you a post or a screenshot the other day, referring to I wonder how Mick would have got on under Fred Vasseur's wing, Alpha Romeo. I think it would have been a, been a very different story. Yeah, because remember back in 2020, there was there was a number of the drivers were supposed to take uh, the test at the Nurburgring. And mm-hmm. in FP1, and then that, that ended up getting uh, cancelled a little bit. Right and, that, yeah. and that ended up, that was the start of the shift then between because it looked like Schumacher was nailed on for the Alfa Romeo seat, he was in Alfa Romeo that weekend, yeah. Callum was at Haas, and that, then it's that was switched. the whole ordeal. And then from that point onwards, it seemed like the, the Haas Schumacher thing came up. So you do have to wonder whether. It doesn't seem to be the right ground. Unless you're a particular type of driver that responds to a particular type of way, maybe a young driver has, maybe isn't quite agreeable. Yeah, yeah. Unless it suits their agenda, I don't think it really works. Like, unless you've got a talent, and this is what, you know, uh, Steiner was saying about, you know, the second season, unless you have, like, someone like a Russell or a, or a Leclerc or something in the wings, that you make would make it work regardless. And I guess we're going to find out with Behrman next, next year, uh, you know, if, if that's a kind of driver that 
falls into that category of a driver you would want to take as a rookie because you know they're the next maybe the next big thing yeah Behrman is the next is the one I'm, I'm really really well I say he's the one I'm really interested in. there's two but... technically Porsche is in the mix here as well who believes he wouldn't have even got into the Alfa Romeo seat this next year if he'd won the F2 title and I think he's probably right because it looked, it looked like it was always going to be more than one year for Joe yeah Joe's done nothing wrong to deserve losing that seat Mm-hmm. If, if, in my opinion, so I, I do, I do believe. Well, it, it, I, I said this the other week. It's so weird that out of all the twenty twenty F three top three in the championship, Porsche is going to be the last one to enter F one. Yeah, when I thought he would be the first. You wouldn't have thought. Although it is like you, you mentioned the the, the fun, the, the funny uh, angle that you know Sergeant and Piastri are going in at the same time, despite the the very different ways they yeah. Uh, the, yeah, you know they went about it. Obviously, Piastri taking the F two title in twenty one, and then sitting out the entirety of this year. And then obviously the whole Alpine thing. And then Sargent uh, didn't move up when the others moved up. We basically got held back essentially. Uh, then came into F two this year, and then yeah, was, it's still coming into F one at the same time as Piastri. There's the rivals from twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. It's very bizarre. But that's just how the the driver market works, I believe. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you is that if Mick was in Alpha May, I think he could have been progressing his career a little bit here, or at least stabilizing. He would have had the hand off. on his shoulder that he needed. He's that type of driver that needs the constructive criticism, not just criticism, if you know what I mean. He needs the the push in the right way. And I think that's what he had at Bremer, which is what sort of why he stuck with them throughout his junior career. And then sort of as soon as he got the house he just went 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 to shit. Do you think the the Schumacher Haas tension at Austria was the beginning of the deterioration of that of that relationship? Yeah, hundred percent. Even though he'd already crashed at both Jeddah and Monaco by this stage, I, I think Jeddah you can sort of write off as yeah he was is the second race first yeah season. first one of the season I guess yeah you can sort of take that one with a pinch so he was pushing and qualifying that was always going to happen sooner or later. In, in, like I said, it's a new generation of cars, and he just hit the curb wrong, pushing that just a little bit too much in the wrong in the wrong place at the wrong time. But yeah, it, at that point when he sort of was working against the team rather than with the team, it sort of rubbed hash the wrong the wrong way, and that's probably why Gunther has been a bit of a sort of stuck his finger up to him at times. Yeah, it feels like that. that... That relationship certainly fell off between Mick and uh, Mick and Gunter for sure, which obviously doesn't help. Uh, he's a man making decision basically, so not, nothing that really helps his cause. Yeah, and I'm I'm very interested to see how it's all portrayed in Drive to Survive. Very interested because I'm sure there'll be something about this. There has to be. Oh. I think they have to be careful a little bit how they portray him because obviously there's the, the there's the Schumacher Netflix documentary. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's going to be very. Yeah, the framing of it might look a little different to what maybe is reality, which is not unusual in Drive to Survive. But yeah, but anyway, any other final thought? Like, I guess finally, just on Mick Schumacher, do we think this is it for him in F one, or do you think there's a way back no. for him? How do you make hundred percent? Even though that's keeps... basically four years from now, three years. Doesn't matter. Hulkenberg's come back. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I still believe German driver. In a German team, he will be there. So you think he'll end up, assuming that Fred Vassar doesn't leave for Ferrari, of course, you think uh, you think 
eventually this restore of Schumacher thing will will happen? Uh, probably not. If he's going to a team, it won't be for at least twenty until twenty five at least. So, yeah, Vasur could still be could still be there with Audi. No, you don't, you don't think so? No. When Audi come in, Vasur is gone. Okay, hundred percent. How much then? Very quickly on this, and how do you, how much stock do you put into the Fred Vasur Ferrari angle, which was which came up during the week? Yeah, uh, not so much now. Um, considering the race results. If it had gone a different way, I would have bagged it one hundred percent to happen over the winter. So it wouldn't still surprise me if it did happen, though. Mm. So you, you were re- referencing that the fact that Ferrari were able to keep ahead of uh, Mercedes then to end the season. Yeah, spoilers. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it hinged on whether the Ferrari finished Mercedes behind Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. It would have been very embarrassing for John Elkham and the Ferrari group to sort of finish start the season with the fastest car and then finish third. Not, not the best look, is it? I do think it'll happen eventually. Where uh, we'll see Vasor in a top team. Feels like he's got the. He's. I think he's got it. You know, I think he has got it. He. I think he deserves it. You know what I mean? He's just one of them that sort of quietly goes about it. That team's finished sixth, and we said there would be a team that sort of takes the initiative and moves forward. They were nowhere really, considering, and they've, they they've took a march and. He's probably the reason why. So, credit where credit's due. Absolutely, a, a big move would be maybe not straight in at Ferrari at the top, but definitely two Ferrari in some form of capacity as a senior management level. Mm-hmm. But there's like the the deputy to Benotto or something like that, or swap them round so he's the team principal and Benotto's back down to has uh, head of engineering, which I think Benotto is better at. To be honest, he's not a team principal. Uh, another news that uh, bad news for Mick Schumacher was that, of course, that Logan Sargent managed to uh, secure his super license with a P5 on the Sunday in the end to take him to. Uh, well, he finished fourth in the end. He did he did drop down in position after Liam Lawson's double podium on the weekend. Um, saw Lawson jump Sargent by just one point in the end, but Logan Sargent did enough. In many ways, like I didn't really enjoy Sergeant's, uh, I guess, radio over the weekend, but I understand it because it. this was this was bigger than a title fight for F two because we've seen in F two like heck, our current champion this year, Djokovic, is a prime example like of this like it, this, like just because you win the title doesn't mean you get to progress, I and mean, we're only seeing Nick DeVries to progress now. Like what was Sergeant was racing for was bigger than the F two title itself. Yeah. Yeah. And you can understand why there was so much pressure, and he was driving behind the worst driver on the grid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been shitting it as well. As, as soon as like he's heard a certain person had dropped out, he was like, "Right, I'm okay. I'm fine now." <laughs> Maybe he was better off. I think he's probably better off as it was. Like instead of being behind the like he would he's better off behind the Sani than um, the Sani being behind yeah. him. Yeah, definitely. Because you never know. You never know with him. Yeah, well, we're, like obviously, Sergeant needed a pretty, pretty rough weekend and excellent weekends really for basically everyone else for him to to drop out of a uh, drop out of the seventh place he needed at the end, and he was really helped immediately off the bat with uh, with qualifying with both with a uh, with Deruvela, Fittipaldi, Vips. Uh, well, not, not not Vips, with Vesti of qualifying outside of the reverse situation. So that was big help there. And then obviously uh, Deruvela then and Enzo came together then in the in the in the in the, in the, uh, in the sprint for that. 
and Logan was able to hang on in the feature race. He finished fifth in the end. Uh, so uh, and he finished ahead of uh, his rivals he needed, apart from Lawson, of course. So only Wasser did win the race, but it, uh, you know it, didn't actually, was really it wasn't enough. Wasser actually ended up finishing uh, uh, just in, in fifth himself in the end in the championship. But Logan gets his gets his super license, which means he's in F1 next season. Uh, any thoughts on that? He finishes as a top rookie in in the field. Uh, any thoughts which on Well. He wasn't the top rookie. Did, yeah, I, some, I, somehow Jack Doon has ended up finishing sixth behind Iwasa. Well, you know why he finished Supreme? <laughs> because for the first time in many years, I've seen a loose wheel flying around the track. That is a, it's been a while, a hasn't long, it? Yeah, it's been a hell of a long time Especially since I've seen two. that. Yeah. Uh, a cock up on the front left from the Virtuosi Pit crew. Uh, doing on the, re- on the reverse strategy. It was looking very good. It was looking podium. very good. I'm sure he would have been rapid at the end. Another typical doing performance. Yeah. I was expecting at least, what, second place in that race. That gap was 24 seconds for, like, the entirety of that stint. It was insane. Yeah, it was was 26 when Iwasa came out of the pits, and then once Iwasa sort of, like, neutralised after the first couple of laps on the new tyres, it was 24 seconds, 24 seconds consistently crazy pace it was mad so uh, yeah that, that was tough because then like <laughs> of the Uwasa won the race lost and got podium Sargent got himself p5 and they're uh, doing lost out and all that so yeah spinning, spinning back to Sargent it I'm glad Williams have promoted from within rather Absolutely. than taking someone like Giovinazzi or I would say Mick but and I'm yeah I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back to Mick but it, it, it's. I think F1 would have also been pushing for this as well. Obviously, the American driver, the American interest with the three races next year. It, it just makes sense. It's the right place, the right time for Logan and Williams. Have got nothing to lose. He's only replacing Latifi. Yeah, can't be much worse than that, can you? <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Like you know, Juice just sort of alluded to that. <laughs> if uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you know you could say you gave him a shot and you you, know, you tried. Uh, you know, and if it works out, then it works out. Like he's twenty-one years old, he could be there for a few years at least. Yeah, he gets two seasons at least. So yeah, I, unless he's completely off, unless he's worse than Latifi next year, then yeah, I, I can't see him being worse than Latifi. But saying that, Latifi finished second in F two, so he did. <laughs> I still yeah, don't really yeah, know how that happened. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just looking a lot of money, Graham. That's why that. Yeah, happened. he had plenty of money that you could say. In the, in the dams, of course. In the dams, yes. Good, we came for them, to be fair. Actually, they actually jumped... Uh, sorry, it was Carl that jumped up ahead of ART in the end. Yes, MP Motorsport did win their... Uh, did win their... Their constructors. Fair, but, like, that's nice. You know, the first time they won the constructors. Like, ART won, like, eight times or something. Yeah. Nice to see Drogovic and Aston Martin overalls and yes. Martin on the side of the car. That, that was, was nice. very nice. nice touch. Yeah, like that. Yeah. The the orange and uh, oh, I shouldn't. I mean, the orange and the green together. Missing a little bit of white, of course, but uh, well, it was an interesting contrast. But yeah, that was cool. I liked seeing the overalls there. Uh, I guess just looking at the season as a whole, F two uh, very quickly. Really, uh, Drogovic ended up finishing two two sixty five, one hundred and one point eight. Portier, who retired late on from the. Uh, from what the a race, surprise. yeah, bravo, Mega Chrome, bravo, yeah, shock there. Uh, but he had he had plenty of margin to play with. Lawson ended up nabbing P three, which I think is a little generous for how anonymous he was. He, he started the season well, the end of the season well, but he was very anonymous in between. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the end and the start were fantastic, but the, the middle was not good. Yeah, <laughs> Sergeant got was pretty good in the middle, and then through through one way or another, driver error or. Uh, 
strategy or whatever. Uh, it fell away from him towards the end. He did finish fourth, which is what he needed. Iwasa then was... I think Iwasa's with the big surprise, really. Well, well, one of two. Uh, Iwasa finished fifth in the end, 139 points. This is a guy who was kind of middle of the road, really. We, we saw flashes of him in F3, but nothing spectacular. Nothing that was suggesting this kind of rookie season. Yeah. I wouldn't have put him down as a rookie if you, if you gave me that table blind. But, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we were, like I said probably one of the stars of the season considering he was nowhere in Africa. Yeah, considering. I say nowhere. He was in the mix, but he was also a rookie then. So it was very shocking when he got moved up. And uh, Dewan obviously finished sixth in the end, which I think is harsh. I think he was the best rookie. I th- I genuinely think he was the second best driver of the season. Like I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I thought he was better in poor chair. I think he's better than Lawson, Sergeant Iwasa, certainly. Uh but, he, he was he was on par at least with Porsche. Porsche, I think, did get robbed, but he didn't do anything special while doing it. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. But I would say doing probably just edges it a little bit. He's got to be. Uh, we know he's returning next year. Uh, doing he's got to be got to be a favourite. I would imagine. Considering yes, uh, the comebacks anyway. He's the favourite to sort of win that title. But there is going to be a big refresh. Well, unless your name's Ralph Boschung, who gets yeah, this year. Apparently sixth year, apparently. Sixth. I saw oh, in the God. headline. I mean, who does, like, I can't, I don't know. We're going to have the F2 test coming up this week anyway, so we'll have a, a clear idea of who's really competing. I, I know where two of them are, definitely. And we know, of course, this week that Ollie Behrman was announced for, to Prima. Yeah. High tech, their two drivers for the test are going to be Hadjar and Crawford. They were with high tech all weekend, um, so... F3 champion Victor Martins was in the paddock. We have no idea who he's driving with, though, do we? AL2. Has to be. I'd imagine. I, I assume. That's assuming, assuming that Porcher is not coming back. Porcher is not coming back unless he goes to Prima, like I've seen. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, that, that was makes the, what sense. I saw. Vesti yeah. was with Prima in F3, wasn't he? Yes, before he moved to ART for the second season. Mm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was, it was a weird situation that didn't do well with Premier, but did decently with ART. Yeah. Very strange. And of course, we did see Zane Maloney in the field in F2 with Trident, which apparently he's not going to be with them next year in F2. Oh, right. Okay. Supposedly. Uh, that's why I saw I read or heard anyways. So unless I was taken well, out of context. Well, yeah. we would, like, like you said, though, we would definitely see what I would say 75% of where the people will be. Yeah. Based it, off the test, it, it's very concrete when you see them there. Yeah, it, it generally is. It generally, it generally it is. And I imagine, like, I don't like Law. We don't, we don't, I don't think we'll see Lawson back. No, Law Lawson's gone Super Formula, hundred percent. Him and Bodger. Vips is going IndyCar or Indy Lights. Yeah. Same with Armstrong is probably going to Indy IndyCar as a actual thing. So imagine yeah, the Derubal is probably done. Our highest returners are probably going to be Iwasa, Duan, Enzo. Vesti Hauger is like at the top 10 there, out of the top yeah. 10. And of course, Enzo with the Red Bull back in now, mm. which is, will be interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a very big Red Bull field. Let's, uh, let's say that. Yeah. What's your, what... saying that. <laughs> it was this year. Uh, what's, your, what's your final take on this year's F2 season? It wasn't, it wasn't the most spectacular, but. I, I, I sort of struggled to compare it because I'm fully hooked on the 2020 F2 season. That was it. That, Nothing will ever come close to that. That was I, such I, a good season. I, I compare everything to that, and I shouldn't. I should compare it to 2021, realistically. Um, 
this season wasn't as good as last year, but last year, the, the racing was better last year, but the actual, oh, it's hard to put into words, but the racing last year was better, but the season this year was better, if you know what I mean. Just because, because the calendar was, it was so much more condensed apart from the last race. Right, and we, we had the, two races we had a the weekend. Con- we had the continuity, instead of the shitty three races a, a weekend, the better to the two, a lot better. Yeah, yeah. If they combine the two next year, and we have a sort of a, a thrilling shoot down for a, a couple of F1 seats rather than just the the one that we really got this year, and it wasn't really a showdown because there was only one driver really in it. But yeah, there's a lot at stake next year, hell of a lot. Yeah, seems to be a lot more up for grabs next year. Uh, there, there was there was F1 did announce the F1 Academy for their all female driver series. We'll kind of go through that next week. Speaking of three races in a in a in a, in a weekend, <laughs> mm. uh, we'll yeah, go through no, the f- that one's. There, there are some problems with with that whole thing. Uh, we'll go through them next next week. Yes, got to got to save subjects for, for mm. the, the lack of content over the winter. <laughs> did you? But uh, just finally in F two, did you enjoy Amari Cordial's uh, best uh, race of the season? I don't understand. Where How has he where done that? that? Come Where's that come from? <laughs> to, to be fair, he wasn't bad in Monza, if I remember rightly. He did seem to sort of get on top of it. From like Austria onwards, he wasn't sort of the last place all the time. Could but... win the A. Ralph Bossong Award next year. Who knows? Oh, God. Uh, speaking... the, the last thing I need is Bossong and Blooming Cordia running around <laughs> the front of the grid. That would just be the write-off of F2. Yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> I would just never watch it again. Uh, Sargent did win the Antoine Hubert Rookie of the Year Award as well. That was uh, that's the, yeah. They have that name for uh, after after Antoine. So And of course... Um, Correa was racing for... That's right, yeah, sport. we should have mentioned that. Uh, didn't really see him, but yeah, he was there. I suspect he'll be with... Yeah, he could be with Van Amersfoort next I year. I don't think he's an F2 next year. You don't reckon? You think that was just a he's, comeback he's done, weekend? He's done, nothing, he's done nothing to warrant a seat. But saying that, Cordiel did nothing to warrant yeah, a seat exactly. in F2. <laughs> so, I mean, weirder things have happened, but I, I don't see it. He's, he's not ready. Yeah. Not yet. I think you're probably right. Yeah, the much better year in F3 this year compared to his comeback oh, yeah, year in F3 2021. Yeah, that was always going to be tough, though. Yeah. That was always going to be him building himself up for probably next year, really. This is the proper year where he's probably at full mm. fitness. We shall see. Uh, let's move on then to the F1 race itself at Abu Dhabi. Of course, there's Can a few... Can we not wait uh... till next March? <laughs> Uh, if you you really want to Uh, yeah in the end fairly straightforward showing in the end Uh, weekend really focused on uh, I guess uh, Sebastian Vettel's uh, final Grand Prix weekend but as it should be yeah as it should Uh, there's nothing else to really go for apart from P2 yeah there's a fight for P2 a couple of constructors loose ends as well but uh, in the end it was uh, was a race one that was won by Max Verstappen in the end ahead of Charlie Leclerc who hold on to uh, he'll hold on to uh, take that P two out of uh, Checo Perez and in third George Russell uh, or sorry Carlos Sainz finishing fourth ahead of George Russell in fifth Lando Norris picking up sixth place to end the season and fastest lap as well uh, yeah, Ocon finished seventh Stroll finished eighth Ricardo finished ninth and Vettel grabbed a point at the end then after Lewis Hamilton's late uh, late retirement uh really this i mean very quickly just on perez and leclerc because verstappen kind of yeah kind of, it was very comfortable for him in the end he was checked really. out pretty much wasn't he perez got close a few times but nothing that seemed like it was going to be uh scrappy between the two uh 
but I guess just in the end, uh, they split the strategies then. Perez went a little bit earlier than uh, Leclerc. Leclerc went along on his stint. He was able to make the one-stop work. Perez caught Leclerc late on. Two things that really screwed Perez was uh, the botch. Well, I wouldn't say botch. It was just the overtake on Hamilton that on the first ago yeah. that ended up Hamilton taking the place back. By the way, that's the that might be the best DRS straight, uh, best DRS uh, zone of the of the of the calendar. That uh, the one we have in Abu Dhabi. That uh, you have the active the, the second activation point just after the uh, the long straight where you you can get a move. We did like I I think is the best. Probably one of the best DRS zones of the uh, of the grid of the calendar. It, it it's it's flowing, isn't it? And it, it always works, so I, I like it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so Hamilton obviously got him on the second one, and Perez had to wait a lap. But I thought what really screwed him was the blue flags. There was a scrap between it was Gasly and I don't know if it was Joe. Uh, I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Albon, but it was it was Albon. Uh, Gasly did Perez absolutely no favors into the breaking zone of turn six. Uh, Perez had got really on the early on the on the break and could have re- yeah really would have helped. Definitely lost multiple tenths there, so that kind of screwed him. But in the end, yeah, for look, I guess for the loose end for 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 Leclerc was frying up strategy right. Like it was the way to go up there. Yeah, I doubted it to be honest, but surprisingly, the Ferrari didn't work on the mediums, but worked very well on the hards. And in a race where I thought the Red Bulls would piss it. They were in yeah, it was half weird. a second a lap quicker. But yeah, just the deck seemed probably a little bit higher than Red Bull were expecting on their car. And the Ferraris was a little bit less. Very strange, because obviously the higher deck car this season has, I would say, been the Ferrari, quite obviously. Mm. It seems to be a lot tougher on the on its tyres, especially since the, the mandate in Belgium. It's uh, sort of killed that car, pretty much, to be honest. It's not, not been great. But yeah, Ferrari got it right for once. Surprising. It was so weird because in practice three they looked nowhere. They, they said I, I was like right, Ferrari getting second in the championship here. They're, they're finishing behind Mercedes. They, it was not looking good at all. They were even Leclerc was saying it wasn't. There there was just no pace. So I, I was very surprised that they qualified third and fourth. Yeah, because it's going back in qualifying and then the start of the race happened. You thought oh, like they looked like they were both falling into the clutches of Mercedes. And... Definitely the first ten laps of the race. For sure, and then it just went tits over some reason. Yeah, just then it just completely flipped. Then suddenly it was Ferrari putting the pressure on Mercedes, and Sainz got back through, and Leclerc was able to stretch away. Uh, I will say the pace, Mercedes pace looked a lot better, certainly than Sainz anyway. Uh, the second stint, they, Mercedes seems much happier in the second stint than they were the first on the hards, which was rough because yeah. they apparently they had another set of mediums on them as well that they didn't actually end up using in the end because they, they weren't yeah they weren't very happy on it. Uh, so they mm. went with that, and then obviously, um, yeah, just they yeah, obviously Hamilton went on the one stop in the end, and then ended up retiring later on. It looks like a hydraulic issue or something. He was missing shifts. The the first Mercedes retirement of the year, crazy. Uh, mechanical t- retirement. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's that's the one. Not me- not retirement because obviously Russell famously took out Joe. Yeah, Silverstone, and obviously so. Hamilton came together with Alonso there in, in Belgium. Um, there was a very interesting point on this whole engine thing and the reliability thing. I have, because under the because the engines are now have been frozen basically for until the end of twenty twenty five, uh, from September first. But the stipulations that you can work on them for reliability, and like, this is what Alpine seem to want to do with theirs, is that we'll make it quick, and then we can work on the reliability. Whereas Mercedes are kind of locked in now with what they've got because they've shown it's very much reliable. Like it's, you know, they're kind of stuck with what they have now. Whereas 
if you made your engine with you know with the scope that you you make it as quick as you can but you uh, can tweak you can still tweak for reliability's sake then you know that, that's that's gonna be rough for mercedes yeah it's what ferrari can do because their engine obviously is still iffy in places so mm. i would have gone they've got nothing to lose this year they should have been experimenting early on when they realized the car wasn't going to be good enough in tests and they should have been like, right, we need to piss about with the engine a bit, try and maximise it before it gets locked in and we can adapt it for reliability later on. But no, it's probably, I, I think it will cost them dearly next year. Ferrari or Mercedes? Mercedes? Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it will come back to buy them in the arse. Not in terms of reliability, obviously, because we know it's the best engine on the grid for reliability in the Mercedes anyway. Mm. Well, sorry, the other teams, but... It's um, yeah, strange one. Yeah, strange one indeed. Uh, what do you, how do you want to handle? I guess we'll just talk quickly on just for Stappen very quickly. Fifteenth uh, race win of the season. Uh, you said it's going to be hard to replicate such a season again. You probably you probably is right in many ways. Like this is a. What do you mean? <laughs> You're right. Twenty twenty seven. We'll have thirty nine races. So piss it. Mm. Well, you can win half. We'll, of those, we'll, yeah. we'll have we'll have fifty two races a year, Graham. <laughs> one every week. Yeah. Obviously, look, culmination of a, an excellent season for Verstappen, just uh, finishing the top step there. First race win for him since, uh, well, obviously he didn't win in Brazil, so uh, just just Mexico. But his third Abu Dhabi race win in a row? Yeah, first time he's ever done that at track. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's, he's never won three years in a row at a certain track. Does Mexico count? No. Oh, right, sorry, he didn't, sorry, no, you're right, sorry, he didn't win in 19, you're right. Yeah, no, missed a year. Yeah, that's right. It was Ferrari, was it not? Uh, I think Mercedes won. Nah, oh, yes. 19 yes. would have been. Uh, then, then I think Ferrari were close. But yeah, third race in a row for Verstappen at Abu Dhabi. He took pole, obviously, uh, again this year as well. Uh, it so, kind of took oh. pole out of... He wasn't looking... It looked like Perez was the one looking like the one to beat. And then, because obviously Verstappen had those little issues at the beginning of Q3 as well. Hmm. Um, but not much to say, really. Kind of just a well-managed race. Uh, nothing else to say, but just the culmination, it's just the uh, the cherry on the top of an excellent, excellent season. A quiet champions drive is what Brundle, yeah. Monty Brundle referred to it as. Just one of them ones where he just sort of goes around for the sake of it. Mm. Just manages the tyres. Not a lot really to say. Cause didn't really get to see much of him. Didn't really have to fight anybody. That was it. Yeah, that very, was very simple. That was pretty much it. Uh, do you want to then transition into winners and losers of the the weekend? I guess we, we've talked about Leclerc, but I guess we could more so put just Leclerc and Ferrari, just, uh, I guess, saving some of their blushes because you would have expected them to really have finished where they did uh, in terms of you know, Leclerc managing to get a P2 in the end and Ferrari holding yeah. on to P2 in the end. I did think it was going to be, I, look, I did think it was unlikely heading into the last two races that they're gonna, they were going to bottle a 40-something point lead. Uh, they did make it they did they were bailed out in Brazil to finish third and fourth that's what really saved them I think yeah it it really did it really did that safety car came in clutch otherwise I think we were looking at a very different scenario right now yeah I think so now in the end of course they were able to get a second and a fourth and obviously Hamilton retired so in the end they actually secured it by 39 points in the end so like it was going to be difficult for them to overturn it was 19 points unless they had a similar repeat to the results they had in Brazil, which was seemingly going to be unlikely, given uh, just the, the nature of the track and you kind of back at a normal altitude, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't seem quite on it as such, but the surprise in, in the race, they seemed a lot more comfortable. But it, it sort of, 
alludes that Ferrari need to sort of get their act together a bit more next season. And Charles sort of pointed to that, pointed to that in the uh, post-race interview with with Button. So mm. I'm hoping they can build on it because, like like Charles said, is they have moved forward in comparison to last year. Obviously, Definitely, they they were fourth, but I think he's feeling a little bit let down. And in terms of he could have won if they had got them if they got their act together early enough, early on enough. He still beat his uh, record for finishing second in the championship. That his previous best was fourth in 2019. Mm. So that's only a positive. And he said personally he wants to take that next step next year, and he's optimistic that the team can do that if they come together over the winter and sort of restructure and make the right decisions with the with the car. I thought they were quietly solid to end the season. I know they had Mexico yeah. as an anomaly there with their the turbo and they had to run it a little That, a that was race. always going to happen, I think, though. That was just how it is with their design of the car. So mm. I think they knew, they knew it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, but they I thought they ran well in USA in terms of strategy. Like they both, for example, they both did the mediums. Uh, you know, mm. uh, did Verstappen and Leclerc there, just obviously the Red Bull was just better on its tyres to help with that. Uh, yeah. You know, they obviously got good results in Brazil. Science was really on it in Brazil as well. They managed to salvage a P4 for Leclerc, or sorry, P3, uh, no, so P4, P4 for, for Leclerc, yeah, after the after the incident with the wall and being out of place and the such. Um, I thought they, they handled things well here. Uh, you know, Science had a so-and-so race. Uh, it was just a normal Science race. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Mm. But uh, they did, did what they needed to do. They did well with Leclerc, obviously. They did right. Though. It was the, I think, in the midfield, and we will talk about with Vettel. Um, the two stop was definitely the way to go. But up the front yeah. there, definitely, it was. It seemed like the. And now look, we, we look. It was. It would have been very close with Perez had a few things gone differently. But you know, definitely. they. I think they made. It was definitely a calculated risk to do what they did, and it was. Look, it turned out to be the right one in the end. So, and heck, science actually ended up overtaking Hamilton for P five in the standings in the end. Yeah, that's mad. Lewis has finished the worst out of the top six. That's right. Crazy. No um, wins, no poles. Yeah, mad. that's right. That streak comes to an end. First time ever. Crazy. He's going to not be fond of that car ever. No, he I said, think I think he said uh, it wouldn't go in his... He wouldn't be asking for it in his contract. Um, <laughs> and Toto Wolff said it would we'll keep it because of the domination in Brazil, but like it'll go basically to the very back of their, their collection of cars. Yeah, it goes with the, with the 2012 car. Yeah, 2010. 2010. Yeah, 2011, 2020, 20, yeah. 20, for sure. Uh, so yeah, Ferrari solid then. Yeah, you can give the win of the weekend for, I guess, just taking care of business really, which is basically why anyone at Ferrari fans looking forward to the stage is just to take care of take care of business. Yeah. Um, who else do you have as a winner of the weekend? No Mercedes, Graham, so I'm yeah. going to skip them. Yeah. Um, Lando, of course. Best of the rest in the championship secured, which was fairly obvious anyway. He's he'd been that the entire season, apart from Alonso. But yeah, Alonso was never going to finish best of the rest, as we we all know why. But once again, Lando, in in a world of his own, pretty much wasn't he? Yeah, very much kind of a lonely race for him. Uh, he had a good stash, uh, even uh, you know scrapping it with Russell and then the stash. His his season, like I look back and he obviously like his season is obviously going to look even better because McLaren finished fifth in the yeah. in the uh, constructors but he's managed to get 122 points which is 30 more than Esteban Ocon in 8th 122 points and I look at his results and 
it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how don't know he managed how. to do it. Like obviously, obviously the Bahrain race was rough, but a seventh, a fifth, a third, uh, DNF in Miami, which I don't even remember. <laughs> no. Um, oh no, I do. I do. It was the Gasly crash. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Gosh. The, yes. Uh, an eighth in Spain, a sixth in Monaco, a ninth in Baku, a fifteenth in Canada. Do we even remember what happened there? Uh. No. <laughs> the next the next part of the season was really what did it really. Uh sixth in Silverson, seventh in Austria and France and Hungary, twelfth in Belgium, then a seventh in a seventh in Netherlands and Italy, and a fourth in Singapore. Yeah. And some solid ones of like a sixth in the USA and sixth in Abu Dhabi. So it all just added up really. Obviously, I mean, obviously he's the only driver outside the top three teams that ended up on the podium this year. Yeah. In a, sad, in a, sad, sad that was the case. Yeah, I, th- I was hoping maybe it would get a little bit more, but I think we'll see more of that next year. This this first year, the regulation is always going to be a little bit more stretchy in the field. Yeah, we alluded to that very early on in the season, mm. and this could be could be the thing. And regulations have shown in the past that the later we go, the more often we get surprise results. Yeah, and look, there's a, there's little scope to be truly adventurous with these regs, uh, which is mm. one, which is one of their criticisms. But it but because that's the case we will see a bit more closer next year and the years after. Uh, Horner was uh, sure that we he's, he's, he's positive that we won't see just a bunch of Red Bull clones show up next year. I don't. I think we will. <laughs> uh, obviously, Aston Martin got in ahead of the uh, ahead of the game. Yeah. In Spain, it so is, they could be in a good place. Be, it's going to be Red Bull and Ferrari clones. I'm positive. Yeah, I'm interested in what Mercedes do, obviously, from their point of view. Yeah, whether they stick it with what they've got now or spin it back around and go and do what Red Bull or Ferrari have done. Mm. They've got something They've got something cooking, I'm, I'm definitely sure. I'm sure they have. But yeah, a solid race for Norris on, uh, on this one. And yeah, again, obviously very, very solid season, excellent season for him. Uh, but yeah, not not the f- yeah not the thing he wants to be doing for too long. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to be challenging uh-huh. a bit more consistently for podiums. You say that, but he's he's committed to whenever it is growing. Yeah, so, I mean, you guess so. Yeah, yeah, true. Very, very true. There's no one else to blame but himself. Uh, I will give a winner of the weekend to... Uh, I'll give one to... I'll just say... Uh, I want to say... Uh, well, well, very just Alpine just for holding on to P4, I guess. Uh, yeah. Mm, I don't have a lot to say about it. Obviously, Lonzo retired no, during the race. It was very. Um, it would have been a lot more satisfactory if Alonso was in there, but yeah, yeah. Who knows where he could have I finished? Uh, well, I... he was in the fire with Ocon and Seb right at the very start, and look mm. where Ocon finished. So yeah, yeah, could, he could have easily been there. Uh, fishing really end, I'd say, to uh, Alonso's Alpine, Alpine stint. He... It really caps it off perfectly, doesn't it? That he retires with a water league. He really. <laughs> It, it was just yeah it's uh was that the same it's, it's very fitting that's the same in retirement he had in monza was it not something similar it was i believe that's the third time it's happened <laughs> jeez yeah uh bravo leaks bravo. abound because there's an air leak wasn't there in in canada leaks in the fia leaks in the alpine camp uh they, they finished p p uh p4 14 points ahead of uh mclaren and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them to bottle a 19 point lead unless a literally a ping of singapore happened 
but that, yeah, did, that was nearly, not the case. Nearly did. We got halfway there. Uh, well, well, I mean, Norris to hell will be at the end of the bag. I mean, look, look, Ricardo, look, we'll give a solid win of the weekend both. for um, McLaren just for their results of the weekend. They obviously they did what they could. Um, Ricardo making a 37 stint on the hards work, keeping behind Vettel, he was on fresher tyres. Uh, fair play. You know, you, you don't know how he did that. But that, that's the kind of drives he needs to do all season. Good, yeah, good end for the season for him. I think that his, his stock will be helped by that. I and mean, look, we've seen Hulkenberg come back. I, I think we'll see Ricardo come back. You know. Yeah, I, I'm positive there will be somewhere he fits in. Whether he replaces like De Vries, if De Vries struggles next year at Alvatari, or he replaces Sonoda if not the Red Bull Juniors already, or something like that. Yes, there will be somewhere for him to go. Aston Martin, maybe if they finally decide Stroll is not good enough, and Alonso's fed up with him. After a year, you never know. I would say, like the the with like I like Hulkenberg, but him coming back this year, the next year, shows how shallow the driver pool for experienced drivers actually is. There's literally him and Giovinazzi. You know, <laughs> that's it. There isn't anything else. Very slim picking. So that will really help Ricardo's stock later on. Yeah, if there's someone suddenly shocked. A shot move comes out of somewhere, then uh, Ricardo is the is the first name on this list of experienced drivers that can drop in. Mm. I guess uh, I'll give a win of the weekend to Aston Martin just for their end of season pace. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's looking very promising. They, very you know, promising. they're scrapping with the Alpines, which is basically a good sign. I think Alonso will have been smiling in some regard, even though he's behind. Uh, it was interesting. I, I was on Alonso on board the start because Alonso said before the race he did we do the way he kind of take care of Vettel, so to speak. And he definitely yeah. did that. He definitely could have gone for some moves here and there on Vettel, but definitely chose to hang back on uh, Vettel's yeah, behalf. It's, it's, it's surprising. He ran a Vettel tribute helmet. Yeah, that was I, mad. I was very bizarre. Especially given the animosity those two have had at times. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I, of all people, I would have thought, no, nah, that's not happening. But, but no, yeah, fair did. play. And then, yeah, sort of treated him with the utmost respect. And I can only and more. sit my hands to Alonso on that. Uh, also, Mick Schumacher ran a, ran a Vettel tribute helmet, which is, could be interesting because, yeah. like, given that it could be his own last race, who knows? <laughs> it, it is, it is. I'm surprised Vettel didn't run a, a Mick tribute. <laughs> oh, that would have been fitting. I thought, we, I thought we would have seen maybe a Vettel Red Bull tribute helmet. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it would have like, been 50-50, but, yeah. Just like, oh, you know, as in, in tribute to his further, you know, obviously the classic, uh, the classic Vettel helmet from these early years. Yeah. I would say with Vettel himself, obviously Stroll got himself a point, uh, two, or four points actually, uh, to try and take it to uh, Alfa Romeo. It would have been very interesting because they actually finished, did. yeah, because they actually finished tied on points. So if a, that Vettel Ricardo scrap was what decided it in the end. Yeah, yeah, it was ultimately the P P five. I'm guessing a P five for Bottas early in the season somewhere. I want want to say Miami. I don't know why. Uh, you could be right. I'll have a quick look at that. But that's literally what yeah. decided it in the end. That's, they, they, yeah, that's what it is. We said a P8 and a, P, a P6, or sorry, a P7 or a P8 and a P9 was uh, what they would have needed. And yeah, it was fifth in uh, Imola. There we go. So, yeah, the countback of that, of course, is uh, what secures ultimately the $12 million more for Alfa Romeo, which is huge obviously the early season pace of that car really really saved them it really did like they were nowhere for a good like 10 races i want to say after the calendar if not more if not more <laughs> it's bizarre but yeah 
But uh, the two points last weekend in uh, for Bottas got it done. And the point, yeah. obviously, they got in Mexico as well really helped. USA, I think, is Aston Martin's big blown chance with that. They've really had a great chance to do something there. And the slow stop for Vettel and obviously Stroll coming together with Alonso really put pay to that. They were the four quickest car that weekend. They were for, on for a really good result. And neither, I don't think oh. neither team got it. No. Um, but so I guess you could throw Alfa Romeo as a winner of the weekend just for that. Uh, their, their weekend itself was fairly anonymous. The show had a decent race, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was where they I sort of expected them to be anonymous, but in the middle, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Alonso is going to be the beneficiary of some of Vettel's hard work. I think they're definitely on the rise that team. And finishing P seven isn't the worst thing in the world. There's not like they're they're running to the cap anyways. Alfa Romeo at least benefit from finishing P six. It doesn't it didn't matter for Aston Martin really. And no, if, it, was... if anything, they gain oh. from uh, having more wind tunnel time and CFD items. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. If anything, it it was literally the only reason they would want to finish P6 was to, be, to sort of show on paper that they were the safe, quickest team, considering where they were at the start of the season when that car was god-awful. God, god-awful. Mm. They, they, For me, they definitely are the most improved team. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this in the post-season awards type thing that we will do in a few weeks' time or whenever we decide to do it. Yeah, I guess the, uh, actually, I was just looking at the the standings even from uh, from that. They had seventy seven oh, points they last year. Drivers? Last year? Oh, no, this year. Uh, this year, I would tell you if uh, it's, it's, it's Stroll's going to be in front. Uh, no, Vettel is definitely from the Stroll. What point about? Absolutely. Although I think actually Vettel lost out to uh, Ricardo. Ricardo on countback yeah. at the end of that. Uh, I would love to tell you, but my uh, oh, there we go. Uh, Twenty two. I have my computer's acting up here. Uh, yeah, so Vettel lost out to Ricardo to finish 12th on 37 points. Stroll, his result didn't change anything. Uh, he's on 15th on 18 points. Deserved. Yeah, probably fair. Uh, how many points did they have a team as a team this year? They had 77 last year, only 55 this year. So, yeah. They've gone backwards, but gone forwards. Yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. It's a weird one. Uh, you probably give a winner of the weekend for a Haas for their, uh, for their fight as well. they Ahead of Alpha Tari, would have taken the miracle read for Alpha Tari to, to do anything. They needed chaos to happen. Uh, it did and not. It didn't. Yeah, they, they they really really been the let down this year. I think really really. Yeah, I, I like that operation. I don't know what happened this year. Well, well, Gasly is talking. Apparently, yeah. Well, his expectation weighed them down. As did their chassis, which apparently uh, Gasly was saying was like twelve or thirteen kilograms heavier than the others. So that's a big deal. Has he been getting the scales out? <laughs> That's like running with 13 bags of sugar on you. Have you ever tried having 13 bags of sugar on you? Go. <laughs> oh, sorry. Already. You're paying attention to the World Cup, which is happening. Two minutes in. <laughs> Ecuador? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. Should be fun. Good one, Qatar. No, no bribes here. <laughs> Unlike McLaren. Lol. Lol. Uh, who else do you have as a winner of the... I don't know, there's nothing to say for Haas. They had such an enormous weekend. Uh, and yeah. uh, so did Avatari. Although Sonoda was interesting later on with Softs. I have, I have no more winners. Really? <laughs> I have, Russell Down as a mate didn't do anything wrong. Just wasn't really there. He was anonymous. Yeah. Much. Well, well, shout out to his teammate for his team for a, a slow pit stop. And then as a result, unsafely released into Norris to give him a five-second penalty. Not that it meant anything because... The only thing that mattered for him was like Hamilton had the pace on him at the end, anyways. 
Which is strange considering Hamilton had engine issues and what have you. But, and they split the yeah. strategies. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, I don't have much to say else on Vettel's race either. Like they, they again, the, 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 yeah, he should have finished where Stroll did really. Uh, he should have been well with Ocon at least. He mm. was Stroll was nowhere near them. And Ocon Vettel was with Ocon the entire first stint, and then Aston Martin tried what was probably the right strategy for the front, but like I said, it is the wrong strategy when you're in the midfield and you can get undercut. Yeah, the, you do not have the pace to pass the car in front. The only person in the midfield that made the one stop work, work was Ricardo. Yeah, it, it was yeah. pants for Bottas as well. Yeah, but uh, he made the mistake of starting on the hardest tie first and just he, went. Yeah, he, he was the only Bottas one. Mode. Yeah, and then Gasly sat on the softs, which was adventurous. But so, worth the pun, I thought. Sure, why not? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, to try and make up some form of ground early on and try and do. And commit to the two stop early so why not try something different hmm. uh, by the way there will be more to say about Vettel later because we do have a feature planned for the off season about the greatest of our generation yeah yeah it makes sense to do Vettel give him his own sort of episode yeah it, it, it it's only fitting personally but I do, I will say this I do I did really appreciate the effort that F1 put in this weekend with him and then the drivers to be fair they all went out for a a, a, a nice meal I thought yeah. the first time I've ever seen that all of them there which I thought was bizarre yeah all of them oh. there apparently Hamilton was the ring leader behind it yeah no goal Graham I'm disappointed <laughs> I choked off already oh. well done VAR well done um, yeah there was a like obviously the unity for Seb was a uh, pretty pretty uh was fairly it was obvious to see and like look look I'm not the biggest Vettel fan obviously but you know obviously it was you know, I thought it was deserved and fitting and you know he rightly received the love I loved seeing his father there Norbert yeah he was he was sort of like a, an icon this weekend he was he was really really nice to see him there because I remember see him the, um... being there in his first uh, the first Abu Dhabi uh, race as well like our first title around in 2010 as well yeah just come full circle it's mad isn't it See the uh, carton kit he bought with him? Yeah. Up in the garage, yeah. Very nice touch. Uh, yeah, a lot of those nice touches all weekend around, like the thing on the podium, the thing after the race. He had his marker board as well on the on the, on the the grid with the, with the podium. Uh, yeah, it was a very fishing. Everyone did a very good job to honour their, um, honour a legend in, yeah, in for Vettel. For the first time I've ever done it like that. It was Kimmy got none of this. Alonso got none of this. Yeah, to be fair, I think with Alonso, I think everyone knew he was he wasn't he was coming back at some stage. Yeah, yeah. Kimmy didn't. Yeah, Kimmy. Didn't, yeah, there was there was some nice stuff for Kimmy for sure. Yeah, I think Kimmy would have been appreciated of the fact that there wasn't stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, he does. I doesn't want the attention. Um, He's like me with that kind of thing. People think some people think Vettel is going to be gone. Some people think he'll come back. Do you think he'll come back in a driver's role, or do you, I? I definitely think he'll be involved. He's in coming the back. In a driving capacity? Either. He's he's coming back as in some form, I'm positive. Oh yeah. He'll definitely that. be back in F one either as a team principal or something that's similar, or I th- he's gonna be present in the FIA at some stage in his life. It just seems right, doesn't it? Or some high up in the FIA. Anyway. He's the man to drive to drive that direction for sure. Yeah, he he was very like adamant in his speech at the end of the Racing the views that they need to sort of drive the message forward with the right platform that they've got. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. If it's not team principal, it's definitely something to do with the FIA. And if it's not driver, 
definitely something to do with a team i want to say red bull would be like the sort of the fitting way when christian Horner finally decides to step down from red bull that someone like Vettel comes in or a ferrari but and see him finally like live that dream of lifting the title with ferrari not as himself but getting them back to that point mm. would be so sort of, like it's very fitting sort of storylines yeah, I think so. I've gone, I've gone very Netflix there, Luke. <laughs> um, I mean... Uh, we sort of wrapped it all up there, haven't we? Really? Yeah, I'd say so, really. Uh, a few weeks Seven. Yeah, six and a half, seven. Wasn't bad, but wasn't great. There were some, there were some good scraps out of the field that you probably didn't see, but... Oh, yeah, no, we definitely didn't see. <laughs> um, I'm going to lose the weekend to Pirelli, by the way. For for two reasons. Oh, so Who? <laughs> um, the, the, the consistent loser of this this podcast that we always reference every week because they consistently cock everything up. Yeah, from one of the point of view that um, I read a piece from motorsport.com from Alex uh, Kalinakis. I apologise for that butchery. Uh, but apparently, F1's commissioning a study that may lead F1 cars being fitted with temporary wheel covers during extreme wet running to improve driver driver visibility. I F- saw this. F1 are thinking of changing their cars. Because Pirelli can't make a fucking tyre that's good enough to race in wet conditions that isn't the intermediate. What a fucking shambles. They are so poor. Like, F1 have to go, oh, we need to change our car because Pirelli are too shit to make a good wet compound tyre. Absolute arse. They're so bad. What are they going to do when it's, no, it's like predicted for rain? We're just going to chuck these wheel covers on in anticipation of it might drop a little bit. It's just very stupid. Very stupid. It's so stupid. Like, And then, then... Not only that, they're adding a sixth compound, the C0. I'm sorry, we don't need a harder tyre. We already have weekends where we don't even bother with the hardest compound tyre because it's useless and too slow. We need a compound harder than that. (laughs) Apparently it's only going to feature, apparently at Silverstone, Suzuka and La Salle in, uh, in Qatar. But there's, there's no need. There's, there's no need. A C zero. Oh my god! Well, what conclusion did they think we needed a harder tire in a, any of them races that we've what we've been there? I, I've, I've never thought yes, a harder tire is what we need here to make the strategy even less of a of an option. Like make it one stop. Yay. I I know in the past we've had the soup the the super hard uh, or just regular whatever it was in twenty eighteen at Silverstone. We've had harder compounds available. You know, we had the orange hard compounds at Silverstone and Suzuka, but they've not been seen for years. I don't. I like the mix of strategies where some people do the one, some people do the two, and that makes good good racing. I think making it so everyone goes on to fecking one stop is not the way forward. Uh, I read the quote from um, Perez chief F1 engineer Simone Berra. He said, we have a new version of the C1. Uh, so the C1 is basically is no more the current C1. It's a new one that should provide more grip compared to the old one, which was, let's say, less grippy. This was tested in, te- tested in Texas, the new C1, and the new C1 is probably more grip. The C1 will become next year the C0. So next year we'll have the six compounds. The C0, that's the current C1. The new C1, and then the others that remain exactly the same as the compound on the new structure. So apparently our shit one is becoming the C0 and the new the new hard supposed to be better apparently is coming the C1 okay that kind of makes sense I still think it's a shambles 
It's, it, it, it is a shambles. We don't need six. You need four compounds. That's it. Don't need any more. <sighs> Talk but, about uh, bringing costs down and stuff like that, but, you know, we'll, we'll just make use hards and qualifying instead, you know. Yeah, I'm just more pissed off by F1 looking to change their car and the, the yeah that, to actually accommodate their shitness. I, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, anyways, uh, anything else really to add on the? I guess it's time for loose ends and stuff next week. Uh, we'll yeah. be going through like teammate battles and that kind of thing. And uh, next week we'll kind of just let the dust settle. See what happens during the week. Week after, we'll probably do our um, our end of season stuff. Yeah. End of season, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you want to go back to our uh, predictions podcast and go from there. Um, we could we could sort of do an end of season look back and then do uh, I don't know end of season, yeah end of season awards might be the way to go first yeah and then sort of do yeah that will lead us nicely into Christmas I think yeah and of course we got our feature where we're going to try and name give corner names on tracks that'll be fun yeah I can't wait to name a corner in Qatar <laughs> right no, good not, one no, we're not what am I going to do call it the World Cup we're not, yeah. we're not doing a target out here. Uh, no, no, we need to because it's going to be on the calendar, so we need to. No, I'm. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the theme we want to do: the grace of our generation, uh, which basically is the, the basically after Schumacher, essentially who are, who is the you know what like make a case for a, a certain few drivers being the greatest of what we say this generation, basically in, a certain, in terms of we're looking at Vettel, Alonso, Hamilton. And yeah, essentially. So it's like, time. so uh, like, so Verstappen, Leclerc, etc., are disqualified because they're they could go on for another ten years, rather, you know. Yeah, no, we're we're talking the the two thousands, the late two thousands generation. Those who picked up the mantle after Schumacher, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Which will come into the end of. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Vettel just bowed out. Um, Alonso and Hamilton are the only ones remaining, and they've got maybe five years. They could, they obviously could still add to their legacy, which is the one thing I would say Seb didn't do towards the end of his career. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was nice it's for him to show. It was nice for him to show up for the last uh, quarter of the season. Uh, I will say yeah, but that. if you, you've got to look from the standpoint of he's he's got to put with that barrel of shit, I'd, I'd be the same. Once I'm free, I'll be performing a lot better. <laughs> Uh, so, there's, so there's plenty of winter content to come. Uh, as well as that, we also did get some reports this week about the sprint races for next year. Gonna be, there's going to be six of them, as we know, but uh, there's, the rumoured locations are going to be, what, Baku? Or, the returning ones are, are Austria and Brazil. Which they should be. Both very good this year. Yeah. Uh, Baku would be very interesting as uh, one of the rumoured ones. Uh, what were the other ones? Off the top of your head. Uh... They, they're thinking oh, Qatar, but if they can't do Qatar, they'll do Saudi Arabia, which could be interesting. It would, yes. I, I do like... Saudi Arabia would actually be pretty fun. It would be pretty good. Um, I, I did say Miami, but that's probably incorrect. Uh, I, I'll, pre, I'll, I'll bring up the article from uh, Reese fans on this. Uh, Key Contine and it, Claire yeah. Cossium. Uh, but Spa. Oh, yes, yeah, Spa. Ugh. Maybe with the engine penalties we see there. Yeah, and then circuit with the Americas. I, yes. was, I was going to say there was definitely going to be one in the USA. There has to be. Yeah. So it just has to be with the three races. There's no, there's no way they miss that market. Mm. No way. Yeah, right. We got Vegas next year as well. No, you got Vegas. <laughs> uh, a couple of 
post-race quotes. Uh, Hamilton said his, the win this season was tough, but 2011 was probably the hardest year. Which I think is fair. Twenty, like I thought Hamilton drove well this year. 2011 was just a, such a scrappy, messy Hamilton year. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Massa would know full well. <laughs> um, Don't know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Go. Uh, vice champion, you know, famously vice vice champion. Yeah. Uh, Vettel said he feeling a little empty after emotional F one farewell. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Can kind, of, kind of to be expected. And what else? Nothing. Yeah, that's about it. No, enough. So it kind of tells you a bit much about the uh, the race. <laughs> nothing really. Not the a lot. Fact we spent longer on F two and Mick than we did the actual race as a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always, like it was. A, I thought the race was good, but yeah, yeah, mediocre. I think in, in general, I thought yeah, no, nice, nice split with the strategy this year. I have to say that was nice. See the two stop, the track changes. Yeah, definitely winner for sure. Still after this year, you know what they should do? Mm. They should take inspiration from the Vegas casino and race in the in the hotel. <laughs> Under it's not enough. No, got to go through it. I'm waiting for that kind of thing to happen. We race with just a single file through a hotel or something like that. <laughs> I mean, you're describing the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> Technically, yes, but it's, it's a bit wider than a single track, but not wide enough for two cars, apparently. Mm. And never will be. But we refuse to change it. Uh, I guess it's it's a legacy track. It is. Yeah. Well, I'm still... I know you are. I know you are. Uh, Boggling just thinking about it. A very quick look ahead to the uh, the testing that's taking place in Abu Dhabi this yes. week. Uh, on sorry, on Tuesday, obviously got the what young we driver. We got the Did young we driver tests, and we've got the Pirelli tests that are taking place. Now, there's no list officially as yet. There's no general list. I think well, that's probably the article you'll see on motorsport.com on Monday. But yeah. I know for a fact in the young driver tests, we've got. If we look through the teams. I'm uh, going to say, starting off with Ferrari, you've got, you've got to say it's Rob. Yeah, Schwartzman's definitely in. Uh, we know uh, for Red Bull, it's got to be Liam Lawson. Yeah, 100%. Mercedes, we know it's Frederick Vesti. Dewan yeah. will be in for Alpine. Piastri and McLaren. Piastri for McLaren. Alfa Romeo, I assume it's going to be poor chair. Yeah, you would think so. Drogovic, I assuming, will be for Aston Martin. Uh, Pietro, Pietro for Haas. Uh, and Nick DeVries for Alpha Tauri. Uh-huh. Have we missed anybody? No, that's all 10. Mad. You did that well. Um, I know then, generally speaking, the drivers then split Wednesday and Thursday between the two. Uh, yeah. So I know Mercedes obviously have got, uh, got both theirs in. In terms of driver movement, I'm pretty sure DeVries will be doing some stuff there as well. Everybody's been freed, haven't they? So they can all do it. Yeah, so. Piastri's been freed up. Uh, Gasly's been freed up. Alonso's been freed Lonzo, up. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? No, not really. That's that's it in terms of unless Hulkenberg. I'd, I'd assume. Hulkenberg I assume Hulkenberg will be. Will be yeah, you, you would think anyway to get an early, early look. And it'd be very mm. strange if Rick is still there, <laughs> <laughs> considering what was said to him, which was feck all. Yeah. Well, speaking, yeah, yeah, speaking of being freed up and goodbyes and such, there were some good goodbyes over the radio. Uh, Vettel was like, Jenny, I think a couple of this this has been said really from, I think Bottas was the big one from the start last year. It maybe started the year before that, but um, <sighs> drivers get set, uh, they get told what the engine modes to set. And then some, had a, remember Bottas last year had a little display 
for him yeah. in finish, which is the only thing they did because Toto Wolf didn't bother to come over the radio after to thank him for his five years because he was fuming. Why, why that? Yeah. He was, he was, was it too busy smashing his Bose headphones? He was, actually. Bose headphones are expensive, man. But me on Black Friday, you can get a cheap deal for one. Who knows? No, uh, my name isn't, isn't Toto. So Vettel, his one was set to a picture of his podium in Baku. Uh, Ricardo was set to him with the team, uh, a team picture, and uh, Tom Starr said it was an honor to work with him, and then how much McLaren have worked, enjoyed working with Ricardo, and I think that all that's true. It's just the results. Oh yeah, percent is. It's just the yeah the performance side of it is not. Yeah, good. and I think they couldn't really let uh, this Piatri opportunity go. Yeah, or uh, rather let it slip up, rather or let it uh, slip. Because nobody, mm. nobody coming in. Um. Gasly had a nice farewell for Alphatari and the extended Red Bull family. Was it a set of Alphatari breaks? Sorry? Was it a set of Alphatari breaks <laughs> at his doorstep? Because I'm, I'm sure he would love a set of them. Uh, Ricardo did do donuts, by the way. Uh, he, did, he did do donuts. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have seen it, but he did do donuts. And he seemed, he seemed a little emotional as he pulled into the pit. He did seem a little emotional. Yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. Hmm. And yeah, Mick got uh, Gary Gallon gave obviously uh, gave Mick a nice a nice word, and Mick was nice as well. Uh, but that was about all that was nice about Mick's cooling up. He did two donuts, and uh, no. then he was told to stop. I don't I don't believe Gunter came over the radio. Now look, I know Zach. I don't think Zach Brown did either. So like you know, it's fair, it's fair. And Mike, and Mike Crack didn't either, but. So, you know, whatever. It's it on the radio to Alonso. <laughs> yeah, so... can you come? <laughs> so Alonso didn't obviously get his farewell. Neither did Latifi, um, if that really matters well, to Well, he got, a, he got a farewell from from Mick, but... Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Latifi got one from um, Albon, I believe. Yeah, on his helmet as well. Which confused yeah. people at the beginning of the weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised Crofty didn't call... Mick or Alonso Vettel at some point. I'm baffled <laughs> yeah. they didn't do it, even though they're in completely different cars. But yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, originally, Albon's only had Latifi on it, and then like in on like race, I think he had like the green Dankasev on his helmet. <laughs> it was like very much added in afterwards. So yeah, some nice, some nice farewells. You get some good team radio, I reckon, over the uh, on, on yeah, that'll be a good one. That's going to be F1's content over the winter. Get one whole, one sentence from a team radio till till the uh, try to survive trailer drops. That and teammate uh, teammate uh, battles, which I look forward to because it makes my job easier for uh, teammate reviews. <laughs> so, because I actually don't like, I don't really. Did you mean? Do you know any, any of the head to heads really throughout the season? Uh, only ones that really spring to mind are qualifying. Yeah, I think like Norris no. has the biggest one over Ricardo. Yeah, so I saw someone post like nineteen two like, or something. Like yeah, it was three nineteen. Yeah, nineteen three now, which is bizarre. But yeah, no, that's the only one that seems to really come together. Um, also, massive shout out to the F one graphics, the uh, qualifying track domination. Yeah, that was niche. Great. I did like that. It would be great if you could see if everybody, if you could see who's um, got their car set up for what, but. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. The teammate comparison would be pretty cool for that. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, like they do, like we saw at the end of last year, they started the help the visor cam. They have a trial on Leclerc, and we saw that much better demonstrated throughout this year because some good visor every cam weekend. shots this week. Yeah, I like them. Though. I like them. Every at least two or three drivers have had it every weekend, and I think it is becoming mandatory in every car. I don't remember the Mercedes thing. ever having them though. 
Uh, I've seen them once or twice on the Red Bull. Ferrari ran it mostly, I would say, and so did Alpine. Lander. Yeah, McLaren had the brake cam. Yeah, with the Ricardo, I might want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Completely um, pointless. You can't see anything except some brake pedals. Williams had it a little bit. Joe had it on his car a fair bit as well. Um, but I think predominantly it's mostly Ferrari and Alpine who've had basically everyone's had it on their on theirs for the most part. I don't yeah, remember Mercedes having it really. No. You know what they need to do as well? Go on. Is, um, bring back the 360 cams. Oh, I like Apparently the they have them, but just don't make them available for some reason. Why? They were good. Because I remember, was it the Bottas? Or so there was some sort of crash in Miami. I remember it was Gasly. I think it was actually that had had it. They apparently mm. they do exist. It's just we don't, we don't, we never see them. Right. Which is which is strange. But I imagine that head to head thing. Kind of, we might see more next year. That was, that was a cool, that was a neat little graphic change. Yeah, they always try trial stuff like that at the end of last at the end of the year. Hmm. They do. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there is time another time for a general season roundup, uh, but that really just closes the chapter on the 2022 season in terms of the actual racing. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, again, plenty of stuff to come from us throughout the winter. Big picture stuff for the 2022 season, our, our end of season awards. We go back and review our predictions from the beginning of the season. It's always fun, uh, and again, there's some of the stuff that we mentioned every. I'm sure the news will be moving enough. There's plenty of things to talk about, like that we didn't chat about this week, like the. the the female series, uh, some sort of bits and bobs like that. So, yeah, plenty of stuff to come. Yeah. And uh, is, there, is there anything else you'd like to add on on, on, on the season on on Abu Dhabi? Uh, not particularly. I think that Abu Dhabi. I think we've covered pretty much everything there. To be honest, it's um, mediocre, mediocre Abu Dhabi as at its best. I thought it was better than. A, a fair number like better than last year's Abu Dhabi race I would say on the whole uh, yeah, yeah it was to be fair Cause it was absolute shite house for 50 odd laps and then I don't know what you mean yeah then things happened at the end there but yeah I think I won the bear won the bear are you referring <laughs> to that incident again <laughs> how dare you oh no did you oh before we go did you see the uh, Mercedes fans losing their minds on Twitter at the fact Red Bull posted a picture of Max overtaking Lewis at the corner at the hairpin for turn six, whatever it is. You mean, is it shocking that a team decide to post a highlight of an anniversary for a significant moment that every team does at every single track at every year, essentially? Yeah, when Mercedes did it for Lewis at Silverstone at that corner. You know, it's funny that nothing got said then. But we'll do it. Such a nothing thing. Every team posts highlights from a previous year or whatever. Yeah. It's an iconic picture. Iconic. As much as the controversy around it is, it's a very iconic moment. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Have to get it in there. Um, yeah, that's it. That's going to do it. It's very annoying. We could have switched back Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I've been the Qatari Bribers. And uh, we shall see you next week. <laughs>